but this hardly marked them out as extraordinary. If anything, it was Aunt Gisela who attracted most attention as she bustled along the cobbled streets of the old town with the twins in tow. Passers-by would often stop and stare at the woman, smiling with admiration and nodding as if at a fondly recalled memory. What are you staring at? Aunt Gisela would shout, shaking her fist. Nothing better to do than gawp at old women who've done you no wrong. And though the twins often asked their aunt why she bawled and screamed at strangers in the street, she seemed deliberately vague on the subject. Aunt Gisela's behaviour was curious at times, but her love for the twins was beyond doubt. So Greta and Felix were happy to let their beloved aunt scream at whomsoever she wanted and were grateful for a roof over their heads. But as the twins reached their eleventh birthdays, Money was short and getting shorter, and Aunt Giesler had no choice but to advertise for a boarder to rent a spare room in the house. And it was this boarder who now peered in through the window at the twins. "'That's him,' said Aunt Giesler. "'Our new house guest, Mr. Morbead.' She ran to the door and opened it wide. "'Mr. Morbead!' cried Karloff from his cage. "'Mr. Morbead!' Morbead entered. He was a tall and bulky man and had to stoop his head beneath the lintel. He was cloaked in a long black overcoat and carried a large suitcase and a small leather bag. "'Come in, come in!' cried Aunt Giesler, giving the man a sly wink as she led him into the kitchen. "'Good evening,' growled Morbead in a voice so low that the teacups trembled in the rack above the sink. The woebegone twins gasped and took a step backwards. Felix was quite certain that he saw a beetle drop from inside the man's overcoat and scuttle off across the tiled floor. "'Pull up a chair and eat,' commanded Aunt Giesler, grabbing a pan from the stove. "'Eat!' Morbid sat at the table but did not remove his coat. The twins stared hard at the man, who stared back at them and grunted. He reached into his pocket and retrieved a calling card, which he slid across the table to Greta. The name Morbid was embossed on the card, as if written in dripping blood. "'Well, sit down, you two,' barked Aunt Giesler cheerfully. "'Duck eggs all round!' The twins did as they were told, and sat, hardly daring to breathe. They ate in silence. One thing seemed certain to Greta. Morbid had murder on his mind. Aunt Giesler stood in the kitchen after supper, washing dishes and puffing away on a stubby de Kaiser cigar, as Morbid nursed a glass of cherry schnapps. Karloff squawked in his cage, whistling and screaming intermittently. "'Stop that now!' said Aunt Giesler, pulling the cloth over the cage. "'I can't hear myself think!' The twins carried out their chores in silence. Felix wiped down the kitchen table as Greta swept the floor. One thought and one thought alone occupied their minds. Why had Aunt Giesler allowed a murderous maniac to lodge with them? As soon as Morbid had left the room, the question bubbled up like soda water in a shaken bottle. Why did you let him in? demanded Greta. Why did he have to come to live here with us? Aunt Giesler took a sip of apple brandy, which she swilled round her mouth, gargled and swallowed. Morbid's last landlady choked to death on a plumstone, leaving the poor man without a home, she mumbled. At least that's what he says, whispered Greta, who had formulated an entirely different explanation. Aunt Giesler stared at her. What do you mean, child? I mean, 
said Greta. His landlady's probably lying dead in a pool of blood somewhere. Felix nodded in agreement. His sister's conclusion chimed perfectly with his own assessment of the situation. Maybe he's come to kill us as well, he added, as they heard Morbid moving heavily in the room above. Then you'll be sorry, Aunt Giesler, said Greta. Sorry that you didn't believe us. Oh, he won't kill you, said Aunt Giesler, puffing hard on her cigar, her eyes burning brightly through the fog of smoke, because he knows that if he does, I'll kill him right back. The next evening, Greta watched as Morbid adjusted his coat and top hat in front of the hall mirror. He nodded goodbye, opened the front door, and set off along the darkened street. Greta waited until the lodger had disappeared from view, then ran back into the kitchen. Come on, she said. Where? asked Felix, looking up from one of Aunt Giesler's recipe books.